again, all these traditionalists are going to be up in arms like, oh my God, what are you doing? And then we realize, okay, it's not really that bad. I mean, you look at instant replay, people were like freaking out, losing their minds. And it's like, I mean, if they get the call right, what's the big deal? Like, that's what we want it when it's all said and done. So I think this is just one of those things where, like I said, you got that initial shock out of the way and now you can kind of fine tune it to, to fit the trend of what you've seen play out over the last year or so. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 3-0 Take, the official podcast of Dirt to Diamonds Baseball. Here are your hosts, Kyle Corwin and Nate Reyes. What up, what up, and welcome back to the 3-0 Take, the official podcast of Dirt to Diamonds Baseball. This is episode 52. I'll be your host, Kyle Corden, and I'm here with my co-host, Nate Reyes. Nate, say hello to the people. What's up, people? I like that uh, that little game show host thing you just did. Yeah, I get a little, a little energy right out of the gate, man. Yeah. I'm feeling it. It's the last, last weekend before quote-unquote opening day. Oof. Brutal. I don't like calling it that. Pretty sure there's still snow on the ground in certain places of the country, and we're... Uh, <laughs> We're getting we're getting things rolling. You don't have snow over there, do you? No, Nate. I don't live in freaking Greenland. I know it's not eighty five and sunny like it is out there, but it's not snowing here. Well, I wouldn't say like eighty five, but I would say like seventy. Well, to be fair, you all have had your uh, fair share of sucky weather this this spring training out there in Arizona, right? A little rainy, a little chilly, a little for like, rainy for a couple days. Then I'm looking outside right now, man. I don't see a single cloud, so I think we're good. Must be nice. Well, <laughs> I will get us rolling here with some baseball history. Got a good chunk today. Uh, I got five points of history today. I wanted to add more, but I had to, I had to force myself to condense it to five. Wow. But uh, March 18th. We'll start off in 1937. Ending this holdout, Lou Gehrig, who had originally asked for $50,000, agrees to sign with the Yankees for $36,000 and get this, a $750 signing bonus. The new deal for the Bronx Bombers first baseman, last season's AL MVP, makes him baseball's highest paid player. A $750 signing bonus. Brutal. I mean, I'm sure that was, that was, I mean, that was big money, but (laughs) it's just wild to look back on these numbers, especially having the knowledge now of the largest contract being $330 million. Yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty good. Good for him. Big $750 bonus. 1943, due to wartime travel restrictions, spring training camps begin opening in northern locations. Some of the locations include Bear Mountain, New York for the Dodgers, French Lick Springs, Indiana for the Cubs and White Sox, Asbury Park, New Jersey for the Yankees, Medford, Massachusetts for the Red Sox, and Wallingford, Connecticut for the Braves. You cannot tell me they had spring training at this point in March and actually were able to play baseball games. Wallingford. I like that word. Wallingford, Medford, 
Those don't sound <laughs> like very warm places. I'm not going to lie. They don't sound like real places. They yeah, they sound like fictional locations <laughs> out of like a Harry Potter book or something. 1953, when the Braves move from Boston is officially approved unanimously by the National League owners. The team is on the field beating the Yankees in the 5th inning 3 to nothing. The club, now representing Milwaukee as of 2:33 p.m., blows the lead dropping a 5-3 decision to the Yankees in the Bradenton, Florida exhibition game. So you literally change locations mid-spring training game. Wow. Wild. Went from Boston to uh, Milwaukee. Boston Braves still sound weird anyway. I mean, it rolls off the tongue pretty well. It's got a nice ring to it. I nope. mean, I know you have like a, just just the ever so slightest bias against Boston, but <laughs> got to show some love. Uh, 1981, after being declared a free agent because the Red Sox mailed his contract one day past the contractual deadline, Carlton Fisk signs a $3.5 million deal with the White Sox. On opening day, the 33-year-old catcher will hit an eight-inning three-run home run to tie the score 3-3 three to three that proves to be the difference in Chicago's eventual 5-3 to three victory over his old team at Fenway Park. That's an interesting little tidbit there. <laughs> That sucks, man. What's that? You're on one today. I like it. You have to research down. I mean, that's wild. You Dude becomes a free agent because the guy forgot to go to the post office a day earlier. (laughs) Sucks. And and lastly here, 1990, after a 32-day lockout, the players and owners reach an agreement on a four-year contract. The season will start a week later than scheduled but the 78 games canceled by the work stoppage will be made up. Let's hope we don't have to deal with any work stoppages in the near future. However, I Mm. think that's where we're headed. Mm. Yeah. But anyway, that wraps up this day in baseball history, March 18th. Nate, thoughts? We're close, man. I'm, I'm excited. That's all I know. That's all I know. When our day in baseball history starts to talk about in season stuff, that's when I know we'll make it. We'll make it. I mean, we're there. I think we're in the clear at this point. Having having reeled off five rather interesting points of baseball history, <laughs> I think we're in the clear. I don't think we have to worry about reading about guys playing baseball in ice ponds. In front that's of a legendary 10, one. That is. That's, that's probably the one to beat thus far. <laughs> But nonetheless, we don't have to talk about snow and ice and all that. I think I think at this point we're in the clear. So, so close. Somebody who's not close, however, to getting into some early season action, Carlos Gonzalez. Although he did sign the one-year, two million dollar minor league deal recently, he presumably will need some extra time. Is that what we're thinking here? Will not be I ready. So. Will not be ready I by mean, opening day. That's kind of probably the decision behind the minor league deal in general. You know what I mean? It's like give yourself some seasoning. But from what I, I follow the guy on Instagram, so like it looks like he's been staying in pretty good shape. So hoping that he would get a job soon, which I gotta gotta toot my own horn a little bit. Not gonna lie. Yeah, it's get, it's getting to the point now where like we get notifications about this stuff, and you just send me the little smirk emoji, and I, <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. 
<laughs> like even if I haven't gotten the notification yet, I just assume that something is right around the corner that I'm about to find out that you said on an earlier <laughs> podcast episode. So it makes me feel good. That's all I'm going to say. I like being right. That felt good. There was a there was another one that you uh, predicted correctly, but we'll get to that a little later on. But going further into this cargo situation, what are your thoughts on him signing this late? Do you feel that this was a this is kind of where he was going to end up, or do you feel this was more of a like a desperation move? I feel like this was pretty much where he was going to end up. I don't think his phone was ringing off the hook, um, but at this point in your career having a family and stuff, he probably wanted to also, you know, figure out what city he wanted to be in. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's hard to say, but I'm glad he got a job because, I mean, it's similar to, like, the, the Adam Jones situations. You know what I mean? Like, he probably wasn't getting a ton of calls. And the fact that he got a call from, you know, a pretty obvious playoff contender, I think you got to take whatever deal they offer you. A guaranteed playoff contender? Yeah, pretty much. Let's be real. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned his phone not ringing off the hook. I pulled up some numbers, um, some splits, rather, uh, for him hitting home and away. Yeah. He has a 251 career average on the road and a 323 average at home. He has 89 home runs on the road, 142 at home. And there's really not any inflation there in terms of number in terms of games played because he has started 615 games on the road and 617 games at home. So, yeah, given that, I can understand why the market wasn't exactly in flames for this guy. Like, right? Yeah, I mean, we've I mean, talked. He's still about, got a sweet swing, and I think that, yeah. that plays in most lineups. Yeah, and I think Fran, I think they were asking Francona about it, about the move, and he was just saying that he wants a guy who can hit. It doesn't matter if he's a lefty, righty, if his numbers are better on the road or at home. He just wants guys who can mash. And, I mean, granted, his numbers aren't exactly the greatest away from Coors Field, but, like you said, he's got a sweet swing and the dude can hit baseballs. So yeah. it sounds like he'll be a good fit there. It'll be interesting to see because I know they picked up uh, – it was uh, Jake Bowers, and mm-hmm. then they also got to deal with what's his name, uh, Tyler Naquin. So yeah. it'll be it'll be interesting to see who gets bumped around. I'm thinking it sounds like from what I'm hearing, Tyler Naquin will be in the mix right out of the gate. Jake Bowers might have to, as much as I like the guy, it sounds like he'll start out um, at the minor league level at least initially, and then they might try to find find some room for him, but. Nonetheless, it doesn't sound like a bad problem to have. It sounds like they got some depth there in the outfield, which is good. So, Yeah, like, I mean, like you said, he's probably going to be like a fourth or fifth outfielder um, eventually. Obviously not to start, but some DH now because, you know, being in the AL is going to be a big help for him. So, I mean, that always helps for an aging outfielder. And I say aging, it's not like he's old. It's just he's been around the block a little bit. And so I would say his defensive skills aren't what they used to be, but – I mean, I like it. I think it's a good sign. I think Cleveland just kind of – I mean, it, it, it seems like a no-brainer to me for that deal. One year's two mil. One year, two mil. I mean, that's that's pretty good. Yeah, and I, I read that he can earn an extra million in performance bonuses. So it's not – Perfect. It's, Put on yourself a little bit. Yeah, it's not the uh, 
massive deal he had when he was out in Colorado prior to this past season, but it's, I mean, it gives him a chance to play for a contending team and prove himself for possibly a deal next year. Moving right along here, I know we kind of alluded to it already. Opening day, quote unquote, using air quotes here, opening day is on Wednesday. If if you had yeah. one word to describe it. Underwhelming. Agreed. I just, I don't understand how we're playing baseball this early. Baseball, that, baseball that counts. I don't understand why we're doing it out of the country again. I have no problem playing games outside of the country. Just don't make it for opening day. How are we watch? How can you can't watch? Like it, you can't. What well, is they, it? It comes on at like four a.m. Right? They've done the Japan thing before too, and I, I don't remember the feedback being all that great. Maybe it was. Maybe it wasn't. I just don't remember it being like extremely overwhelming. I don't get it. Like it's not ideal at all. I understand wanting to expand the culture or whatever and knowing that like Japan is, I mean, you get Japan, China, Korea, like all those countries are really big with, with baseball. But again, look, this is our Holy grail of, and ugh, it's just kind of tainted, you know, it should be a national holiday. It really should. And you can't, I don't, I don't see the sense in calling it a national holiday. If it's not even being played in said nation. Like it doesn't yeah. doesn't make any sense to me. Me neither. Um but yeah, two game series playing in the Tokyo Dome starting Wednesday. It'll be Wednesday, Thursday. Uh tickets, my friend, are sold out. I was actually curious because I'm like, what do, what would tickets for that even go for? Because okay. I'm like I with like having to do all the conversion of money, I'm like, I don't even know like what they would offer <laughs> that up to the American audience. Like what would that even run? And then I, I, I clicked multiple, maybe there, maybe there's some still available, but I clicked multiple outlets and I didn't, it was like error screen. So I'm assuming that means that they're like sold out. So I don't even, so I, you couldn't even find a dollar. No, like there was, there was no like seat, selection no like hey all of our seats are sold out but here you can do standing room only or something for like 10 bucks there was lit like the screen it was like the website crashed like i don't understand what that wow. means i'm assuming that means they're sold out so wow that uh well i mean that's good obviously that's cool and i think a big part of it is for ichiro you know being uh presumably his last year but he hasn't officially come out and said that has he uh no he was actually quoted the other day when asked about when he's gonna wrap it up he said i have no idea when i will know that i'm not used to questions like that so (laughs) the guy's like 60 so i feel like he is used to his questions like that because it's been i mean isn't he i don't even know what he is with the mariners right now uh, he is a roster player, I suppose. Cause like last year, wasn't he like a advisor role, but he still took BP and stuff. I believe so. Yeah. He was in their front office, but yeah. I mean, he's literally hitting like oh eighty 80 right now in spring training. And he even, <laughs> he even said, he's like, I shouldn't be here right now. So 
Like, I don't understand how you can acknowledge how much you suck at age 45, but still, but still be like, I don't know. I mean, I might keep playing. I don't, I don't know. Solely for this series. Like 1000%, but like, why not just make it known that you're retired? Like, cause there's no yeah. way you're competing at age yeah. 45. Like I, he's been great. I understand that, but he is 45 years old. Yeah. He it'd could be, be some of these guys' dads. It'd be one thing if he was like a pitcher and still was holding on to like 97, 98 somehow. But uh, no, he's not. He's not doing that because like you said, he's sitting like trash in spring training. And now at this point, you're kind of just like you're affecting the way we look at you. You're a Hall of Famer for sure. But it's like. Dude, you're just hanging around a little too long. Yeah, you're kind of like, I don't want to say tarnishing your legacy, but you're not exactly helping it. Yeah, it's not. It's it's just like not a graceful ending. Yeah. Unless he just goes to Japan and hits four ding dongs and a couple triples in two games or something. I don't. Uh, I well, don't know. Well, he said he doesn't think that chicks dig home runs. He thinks chicks dig the ability to spray the ball all over the field. And for you to sh- be able to show off your speed. Now that's apparently that's, that's what he thinks girls find sexy. So <laughs> the guy is a legend. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Maybe we've been doing it all wrong. Maybe he's been, maybe he has the secret to success with no, the ladies. No tacos, triples only. Uh, but speaking of the Mariners, were you aware that Felix Hernandez was not their opening day starter this year? I did hear something about it like a week ago or something like that, that it wasn't, I kind of, they snuck it in. You know what I mean? Yeah. I didn't really catch, I didn't really catch wind of that. And apparently he's for good reason too. He's got a 15.95 ERA this spring. Oh, really? Like I'm not knocking the guy. I didn't, I didn't pull up the innings, but I'm not knocking the guy, but how do you, how do you have, a 15.95 ERA when you're facing essentially like minor leaguers. Yeah. In games that That's, really nobody cares about. Yeah. Maybe another guy that should retire. No, I, he's still got something in the tank. I think he's just, he's hit a, he's hit a block in the road. Um, All right. Here's a question for you. Does, do the Mariners after the series, do they op- open, quote unquote, open at home when they're back in the States? Uh, I don't know that. I know they play on opening day because all 30 teams will be playing on opening day. Uh, let me look it up. True opening day. Yes. The American, American opening day. Uh, they open up. Oh, they, Nate, I'm ashamed for not knowing this. They open up. Oh boy. Open up with a four game series against the Sox. (laughs) Um, so maybe it's timed for that. Maybe it's more of like a you get our home opener. Yeah, I mean that'd be that'd be a, that'd be a good tip of the cap to him. It's like, hey, I I would almost I prefer that if I was him. That. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't. I mean, go ahead. Like take the ball from me for opening day. Like I don't care. Let me let me open up at home at Safeco yeah. or T-Mobile or whatever the crap it is nowadays. Is it really T-Mobile? I'm still gonna call it Safeco. T-Mobile Park, yes. I'm not calling it T-Mobile Park. There's a lot of things that we're not calling what they are now. T-Mobile Park, Injured List, 
one, T-Mobile is a garbage service. Two. That's a quote card. <laughs> out, of, out, of, out of context. <laughs> people be like, what are they talking about on this podcast? Uh, I'm not calling it T-Mobile Park. Sorry. We're going to Safeco still. Well, I can't do it. But yeah, open up with a four-game series against the Sox. I would, if I'm him, I'm like putting up a front that I'm angry that I'm not getting the ball opening day, which apparently he was like pretty upset about it. Rightfully so. Cause it did end the streak of uh, 10 consecutive opening day starts, which was the longest active streak in the majors tied for fourth longest ever. Um, but I don't See, know. I'm, I think I'm in the boat of like, uh, we spoke before. Cause I, I think opening day is overhyped as far as your your starter goes. Right. But I do understand the organization giving, whether it's like your most senior starter or whatever, priority. You know, like, personally, I feel like if, I mean, to, to go in the same kind of scenario, like the Yankees are missing their ace. And so I think if CC was healthy and didn't have this whole heart stuff and, one didn't have to serve a suspension to start the year. Um, like that would be a decent, you know what I mean? It's like a nod for to your guy. It's especially if you're a team, even more so if you're a team that doesn't have a chance. The Mariners don't have a chance in anything. They're not doing anything this year. So why not just give it to Felix? Just give it a nod, man. The, the guy's been your horse for years. You kind of, you know, are, are, appreciating the things he's done. You know, he's not what he was, but like, at least give him this. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely in that camp, but it is hard to argue against a 15.95 ERA. I think if it was like, I mean, even if it was like a seven or eight, I'm sure they're like, you know what? He's had a Rocky spring, but like you said, (laughs) he's, he's still our guy. He's still our horse. But I mean, it's hard to like, the next guy in line, which I guess is Marco Gonzalez, who will be starting opening day for them out in Japan. Dope. I did not know that. I faced him in high school a bunch. Very impressive. Uh, but yeah. I think it's hard to look at him and be like, hey, man, I know you were just great this spring training, but we're going to give it to our guy who had a 16 ERA just because he's our guy. I mean, I don't know. I want to say it's hard to to justify that to the fans, but part of me also thinks the fans don't care and they want to see their guy on opening day. Well, yeah, technically it'd be in Japan, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah, I hear you. Who knows? Maybe we're right. Maybe it's just the Japan opening day versus home opener. Yeah, that more I think about it, that might be exactly what they're doing. Like giving the like rightful start to this Marco guy and then just like secretly holding out on Felix for their home opener. Cause I'm sure even they acknowledge we're not doing crap this year. So why not just save our guy for the home opener? Yeah. Smart. That's my thought. Uh, and lastly here, the meaty topic, the MLB rule changes, initial, initial reaction. Um, do you have an opinion across mixed, the board or is it does it mixed differ? emotions mixed emotions for sure how about you um i'm maybe with the exception of like one or maybe two i'm okay with them yeah yeah that's good i feel like we're in the majority for those emotions 
you know what I mean? Those feelings. I feel like we fall into the majority of baseball fans. Yeah, don't I mean, hate it all. Yeah, I mean, there's some where I think people like the hardcore traditionalists are feeling threatened, but I'm like, yeah, the game is gonna change. So it's like, I don't see the problem in starting with these. Yeah, uh, run through the list real quick. All right, so this isn't exactly a rule, but it's just a modification to the game per se. Uh, the inning breaks in between. Yeah. For local games, the break is going to go from which I don't I don't even understand the purpose of this. It's going to go from two o five to uh, to two minutes, where it's like okay, five seconds, um, and then which I guess adds up over the course Not of a game, ever. but like you're literally saving like mere minutes. Uh, but for yeah. national games, which this is more substantial, you're going from two minutes and 25 seconds to two minutes, um, which I've heard. I don't know if this is, I don't know if this has been validated, uh, but I'm imagining that they're going to try to kind of like what we talked about. They're going to try to uh, implement some of the split screen stuff with, with commercials. Um, whether that's throughout the duration of the break or, they're going to cut out a commercial and just play it side by side while the in-between inning stuff is going on. So I don't know what that's going to look like. I'm, I'm pretty yeah. curious. Uh, but I mean, you're cutting out basically 30 seconds in between innings, which that, I mean, that can add up. And even if it doesn't, it's still less time in between innings, which I'm totally fine with. I am too. That's definitely okay. But like you said, it don't, I mean, it's saving like 10 minutes if that five minutes in the end. So it's like, what are are we really fighting for here? Like I, are you going to gain viewerships by going down from three hours to two hours and 52 minutes? Like, come on. No, but I mean, I think, I think big picture. I mean, it helps any, any decrease in average length over the course of X amount of years. Like if you can show, a decline from year X to year Y or whatever, then I think that's a good thing. I mean, I don't think they're they're attempting to shave hours off of the game with this move, but I think the key here is that you're shortening the game without affecting the game. Yeah. You're not you're not cutting it. You're not trying to implement a pitch clock with this. You're not trying to like make any other moves that affect the the integrity or the structure of the game. You're simply cutting out excess where you can afford to do so, which yeah. I think, which I think is a smart move. Fair enough. What um, do you got next? The next one here, uh, the single trade deadline, which I know we've talked about on here a little bit, yep. uh, but it is now the one we have all come to know and love July 31st. Um, the August waiver deadline is no more. And for those who are unfamiliar, what that looks like, see Justin Verlander. <laughs> what are your What are your thoughts on this? I'm still confused because I like like I texted you. I don't know, probably last week. It was like waiver trades are no longer allowed, but waiver claims on a trade are. I like. I feel like there's a loophole somewhere. So I think it's probably going to sneak out this year, and it's going to surprise a lot of fans. We're like, whoa, whoa! It's after July thirty first. Yeah, uh, I, th- I mean, I thought it was pretty cut and dry, but maybe, maybe based there on was what something you're saying, I saw. I'll have to look it up. There was something I saw that was like, there is still 
a way to do it. And I just don't know. I don't know what it is or how it's supposed to happen, but I feel like something that may not be this year, but something's going to happen after July 31st. And people are going to be like, whoa, how is this allowed? And then it's going to, you know, we're going to have to fine tune the rule even more. Well, I like I like what they're trying to do here by making people or making front offices rather decide early enough to where it's not this like lingering like, oh, are we going to go all yeah. in or what? Like you got to like sack up and decide like, all right, are we going for it this year or not? Yeah, for sure. I like it a lot, too. I like that factor a lot. I mean, it's it's good for those teams that are, you know, do a little reality check look in the mirror a little bit um because it, it it does i mean i think we talked about it last year it is there are some questionable moves where you see a team that's like seven games out and you're like why would he why would they trade for that guy like why would they bring on that salary or whatever and so now i think you know we're gonna see a little better reality check and then we're gonna see those teams that are like three four games out you say nah we're still in it let's make a run yeah i I think the biggest thing with me on this is we talk with all these like proposed rule changes and everything. We talk about how it impacts like the, the casual fan or how it affects the person who's like on the fence about becoming a fan with baseball. And I always hated the whole waiver thing because it's like, if you're trying to explain it, yeah. Like if you're trying to explain it to somebody, like if you're, if for whatever reason you're talking about the trade deadline and you're trying to explain it to him, like trying to explain whether or not it's exciting, you can't do that because it's like, it's not like other sport or prior to this change being implemented. It wasn't like other sports where it was like, this is it. Like once this, once the clock runs out, like it's over, you had to be, if you were explaining it to somebody who was unfamiliar with it, be like, yeah, like the trade deadline is, is this day, but moves can still be made after that. And it, to me, like that's just, there's no, there's no excitement with that. There's no, yeah. There just, there's there's no pressure put on teams because of that and to me it just, like with a season this long you need you need certain things like this to kind of break up the I don't want to call it, yeah I, I mean I, I didn't want to call it that but that's essentially what it is yeah um as much as it sucks to say but like you need something to kind of inject a little life into the season and I yeah. think I think by by cutting out the waiver deadline that this move does it. So yeah. I'm, I'm a definitely a fan probably of all the, all the proposed things uh, that yeah. have been implemented. This is probably my favorite. For sure. The, I think one more thing on it is I think you're going to see, I think it's going to be cooler to see like a younger call up kind of kid, like a younger kid in your organization that could make a difference. You know what I mean? Like you get a spark from a guy that instead of, you know, doing that, one of those waiver trades where you're, bring in some stud on some crazy deal from a team that's not in it. You bring in, you know, you bring up your own guy who could possibly provide something from your own organization. And I think that, I think that's kind of cool. Couldn't agree more. Moving right along here. This, uh, I know we alluded to this earlier. You were dead on about this, the $1 million prize for the home run derby winner. How do you, uh, how do you feel about this? I have the same smirk as that emoji smirk. I believe it. <laughs> I think it's good. I think it's smart. But I, I don't know. 
what it'll do. I mean, like Aaron Judge came out and said, yeah, it still doesn't really affect my decision. I think it's, I mean, it's good money, but I don't think I'll be participating in it. I think it, for the guys that it'll affect the most are probably those guys that haven't gotten their either big arbitration money or a long-term contract yet. So we're going to see younger guys. Um, well, let me ask you about this. Maybe maybe an aging guy. Like maybe, who knows, Carlos Gonzalez could come out in the beginning of this year and go, you know, 17, 18, 23 home runs or whatever and could, you know, get a chance to add another mill to his tiny contract. Like that would be cool. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. With the whole judge thing, um, do you think that was kind of a bad – I mean – teach their own like if, if that's how he really feels i mean he obviously has the freedom to come out and say so but do you think that was a bad move in terms of kind of dissuading other guys that were maybe on the fence about it now who previously were just completely against the thought of entering the home run derby where once this news came about about the prize guys are like you know this is kind of enticing like maybe i yeah. might consider jumping in and then you've got one of the game's biggest stars coming out and saying nope still not doing it that's <laughs> that's not that's not my gig i'm not i'm not doing that do you think that that do you think that has any effect on guys that are possibly on the fence um at least the timing of it do you think that that plays any role in that i don't know i mean I, it was somewhat quick granted he can't really control when that question comes you know his way but I think I think a lot of people probably understand because of the slump he went into after that. Um, and I think it, it's kind of, to me, I it reminds me of like LeBron James not doing the slam dunk contest for the NBA. Um, and not, um, don't freak out, comment people. Like I'm not comparing Aaron Judge to LeBron James yet. Like chill out. What I'm saying is, that he did it, he won. I don't see a reason to come back if it's me. I say, you know, I get to say I won. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I mean, I agree with you there. I mean, I want to say, like, just remove that from the equation. I know it's hard to do that, but like, it just to me, it was, a, and I know you said he can't control when that question comes up, but to me, it's a thing where it's like, well, at least, even if that's how you feel, just at least like mull it over be like ah, i mean yeah. I'll, I'll think about it but like to me it just didn't it didn't send the right message where like the league is trying to figure out ways to to make all-star all-star week more exciting and and get these bigger yeah. stars in the in these big events such as the home run derby and you got like i said one of the game's biggest stars coming out and saying nope 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 not doing it not doing it I've already, I've yeah. already won it. I, I don't need to do that. It's not, it's not my gig. I just, yeah. I, I just, it kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Understood. I, I feel that a little bit. Um, but I think honestly, guys that are in or on a, you know, contending team, I think you're going to start to see the trend of those people staying away. Cause I mean, from everything I heard, like, look, the all-star break isn't that long anyway. There's not a whole lot of days off in a year. And when you do the home run derby, it's, you don't really have the time off. I mean, all I've heard is that people are like, God, I'm so exhausted after doing the home run derby. You know what I mean? Because it's like three straight days of really focused BP. 
And, and not to mention all the like media demands and like exactly. having to be everywhere all the time, having your yep. face plastered everywhere. So, and it's probably a little, you know, most emotionally draining while you're doing it. Um, I'm here's what I'm thinking, man. I'm, I get that we want to see stars, but I think a good balance will be like the Justin Bohr situation where we get a guy that, you know, you know, some people may know, but the majority of fans don't know. And all of a sudden he puts on a show and he gets himself on the map. I think that's what excites me more about the home run derby. As long as I don't see another, you know, repeat of like, God, do you remember when, who was the guy that played for the Tigers? It was like Brandon Inge. Do you remember him? Oh yeah. When they put him in the home run derby and didn't hit any. Yeah. He wasn't even close. That was brutal on the eyes. What are we doing? I don't want that. But uh, I do like the idea of getting, you know, some guys that can make a name for themselves. Yeah. Final thought for me here is I don't blame these guys. Like as much as I want to see these big names show up for All-Star Week and and participate in the Home Run Derby, like I don't blame these guys one bit for wanting like three or four days to just spend with their family kind of like off the grid in the middle of a 162 game season. Like I get it. That's what the, that's their job. It's what they signed up for. But it's like, yeah. at the end of the day, you can't blame these guys for winning literally like three or four days just to spend with their family. Like, right. I don't, I think, isn't it like, uh, it's 162 games in 180 days, right? Yeah. They don't have, I mean, it's something like that. They don't have very many off days. I know that. Yeah. And it, like you said, I mean, it, it is their job, but like, if we're going to be so critical on people's stats at the end of the year, if we're going to be so critical about how they performed, why can't we be okay with them making the correct decision to, or, you know, what in their mind is the correct decision to make sure they do what they're supposed to do. Right. Just like re-energize and kind of get their minds right for the second half. And what they're supposed to do is perform during the regular season. We'd really, I mean, it's fun, but we're never, there's no, Besides a million dollars, like there's no prize for this stuff. There's nothing. Like, the organization may get a couple extra jersey ticket sales, but like, whatever. Yep. And then lastly, here for 2019, I believe this is the last one that'll be implemented this season is the maximum number of mound visits from, I think it's going from six to five. Thoughts? Um, so initially, when they did the mound visit thing on six, I wasn't really on board. I think the reason they're dropping it to five now is they're realizing not a whole lot of teams used all six last year. So kind of okay with it. It Again, like it's one of those things where it doesn't put a clock on the game. So that's okay. But at the same time, it it makes the manager think a little bit more. So... Yeah, I'm I'm actually okay with it. Yeah, I think kind of kind of piggybacking off of what you said, it was that initial shock of like, wow, they're putting a, a limit on the number of times you can visit the mound, and then we saw that it like wasn't as big of a deal as we thought. Which I think is going to be a common theme with a lot of these changes. Where again, all these traditionalists are going to be up in arms, like, oh my god, what are you doing? And then we realize, okay, it's not really that bad. I mean, you look at instant replay; people were like freaking out, losing their minds, and it's like. I mean, if they get the call right, what's the big deal? Like, that's what we want it when it when it's all said and done. So, right. I think this is just one of those things where, like I said, you got that initial shock out of the way, and now you can kind of fine tune it to 
to fit the trend of what you've seen play out over the last year or so. But yeah, well, I'm, I'm all this. right with it. Let me ask you this. Is there, when do you think that the next year will be when we have zero rule changes? I mean, I don't, in terms of like, are, are we including like minor tweaks? Yeah. Because I don't, I mean, I it, mean, ones that headline like this, because I consider, you know, six mound visits to five, a minor tweak, Yeah, but it does headline. Yeah, I I honestly don't know if we'll ever see another year where we don't have a minor tweak to the game just because I mean, you can there there's so many facets of the game that we're not even thinking about that you could alter that these people up in these up in these offices at MLB HQ are analyzing every single day and we're just like I said, we're not even thinking about it. But they're breaking down every every part of the game to see, okay, can we save time here? Can we save money here? Can we add more eyeballs to this? So on and so forth. And they're gonna start throwing these out there and they're gonna be these these ideas, these proposals are gonna be put out on the table and something one of them at least will will take hold and I think that that's gonna happen on a yearly basis. So I don't I don't I don't know if we'll ever see a year where we don't have "Quote unquote minor tweaks like this," so that's just that my bugs thought. me. That bugs me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I agree with your answer. It just it sucks. You know. No, I yeah. I mean, that's that's how I feel about it. Uh, but speaking of a year to year change, moving to twenty twenty, I believe is when these will take place. The three batter minimum, um, with obvious exceptions for injury or illness. Um, but the, the part that not a lot of people are, are finding out or reading rather about this is that, um, it is a three batter minimum, but the, the second part of that equation is you could also be simply required to finish an inning. So like if a guy starts an inning mid inning and carries it over to the next inning, you, all you have to do if, if you fall into that category is just finish out said inning. So what are your thoughts on this? I hate it. I hate it a lot. I hate it so much. I'm not going to say that I hate it, but I'm also not going to say that I, like, I'm not going to say that I love it. I'm kind of like in the middle on this because I hate, like there are a few things I hate more than the just wild amount of pitching changes. And like I understand the importance of the lefty specialist, but like I and I again I know I'm going to be in the mon- in the minority here, but like what are we doing? Like, here, all right, here I don't I don't understand why three batters minimum is like a massive deal to people. Here's the scenario I think of. It is bottom eight. Um. You're on the road. Favorite team's on the road. You got a one-run lead. And your setup guy, whoever you put in, setup guy, closer, whatever you want to do, comes on and he goes eight straight balls and puts two guys on with no outs. You really got to face that third guy. Like you, I mean, is is that a huge deal to where you can't? Get like you obviously see that he struggled. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, yeah, I'm, I'm less on the lefty specialist stuff. I understand that's probably a dying breed. Yes, that kind of sucks. But I'm on the point of like close ball games. I don't care. I want to win. 
And if this is going to be a prop, because every reliever is going to have an off day, right? At some point, a reliever is going to have a struggling, you know, day where he's, he can't find the zone. So why would we put that on our entire team to where he's got to face one more guy? Gives up a tater. Now you're down two going into the top of the night. Yeah, not and cool. again, this isn't a this isn't a thing to me again where I'm not I don't love it, but I don't hate it. I would have been much happier with a two batter minimum. I like I, ju- I just hate I hate, and I know there's probably pitchers out there that disagree with me, or just baseball fans in general. But like, there is nothing worse to me than a guy coming on for one batter. Like I've never heard somebody, I've never been watching a game where a lefty specialist comes on and then the pitcher or the, the coach or manager comes out and makes a change and got, and people are like, oh, yes, I've been waiting for this back-to-back pitcher change. I, this is like my favorite part of the game. So it's like it, two, bat, two batter minimum I think is fine because that also gives you time to – or it gives you an opportunity in said situation, like you said, where a guy just clearly doesn't have it right out of the gate where it's like, yeah. okay, maybe maybe the first batter was a fluke. But if he doesn't have it for the second batter, okay, he's getting yanked. But three batter, I, I do understand where that might be a little much. Yeah. All I know is that I would have much rather preferred a two batter minimum because at least it's a step, in my opinion, it's a step in the right direction. It's not overstepping yeah. the way this that I think this three batter minimum sure. does. Uh, yeah, but moving right along here, closing out, um, the DL stint increased. And the, again, this is for 2020. The DL stint will be increased from 10 days to 15 days. Uh, the roster will increase from 25 to 26. And the uh, starting September 1st in 2020, the roster will increase from 26 to 28, thus eliminating the 40-man September call-ups. Thoughts on these? You said so it goes to 28? Yeah, starting September 1st. Yeah, that's about right. I'd say that's cool. You know what else is, is cool, Nate? <laughs> please tell me saving money on tickets you know how you save money on said tickets depends on the ticket well i can tell you what tickets you're not saving money on <laughs> nor spending money on and that is that is the opening series in tokyo <laughs> but if if there were hypothetically if there were tickets available for said series you would use SeatGeek. It's the answer to all your ticket needs. Are you looking for tickets? Do you have plans with friends or family to make it to an upcoming game or concert? Or are you even looking months ahead to nail down a date to get tickets before they sell out? With SeatGeek, you can find tickets to games, concert shows, and even theater performances with just a few easy clicks. We're making it even better for you if you're a first-time user of SeatGeek. Next time you add some tickets to your cart, use our promo code DTD at checkout to save $20 instantly off your first purchase as a first-time user. That's all you got to do to save some of that cold hard cash. Enter promo code DTD at checkout. Bang. So, so yeah, I'm not really upset about any of those uh, bullet points I just listed off there. I'm glad that we're getting rid of the 40 man. I hated that because it turned those late season games into minor league games and I just hated it. For sure, and the fact that I mean, if we're going to go the route of three batter minimum, that it kind of defeats the purpose of having seventy freaking pitchers in your dugout. Yeah. Um. Well, I guess that wraps up our little discussion there on the rule changes. 
Uh, I know we're a little short on time, so let's close out here with some DMs. We'll go rapid fire. Let's do some DMs. Cameron asks. You sound like Joey Tribbiani from Friends. <laughs> Joey Tribbiani. Let's play Bamboozled. <laughs> Cameron asks, are the Blue Jays World Series contenders in four to five years? Uh, I love how I said rapid fire, and I'm just, just, <laughs> just letting this one marinate. Um, I would say, yeah, if they can add some, add some pieces. Kind you okay? So remember when they when they shocked the baseball world and just bolstered the left side of their infield with like Tulo and Donaldson, and everybody's like, oh my god, it's the greatest left side of the infield ever. Mm-hmm. If you can make some moves like that, some some additions you can make to kind of add to the overall package once you presumably get Vladdy Jr. up there, which sounds like he won't be up there for another like 12, 14 years because mm-hmm. the front office just wants to keep boning him over. Right, he's got to uh, get better defensively. Yeah, if you, can, if you can get him up there and what, Bichette up there as well, I think, yeah, I think four to five years is a good window. To say they'd be contenders again, it's always tough being in that division, but they can make it happen. Yeah, it's hard to predict four to five years out, but let's try to see when there be. I mean, there won't be playoff contenders for a while, so calm down. Um, wow, this name is pretty awesome. I don't know how to say it though. Swagomez. Swago Swagomezes. Swagomez asks. What? I mean, that is just the coolest name. Swagamez. How far do you think the Dodgers will make it in the postseason this season? Uh, well, I'm going to be real with you, Swagamez. Um, I don't have the Dodgers making it to the postseason. Um, I think the Dodgers will get eliminated in the divisional series. That's probably Tyrell- that's, got, that's got to be my hottest take. Of That's the pretty off-season. hot, dude. The Dodgers yeah. not even making the postseason. Make that a quote graphic. You get blown up. Oh, I will. That you talk. You want to talk about exposure for the brand? <laughs> Tyrone asks, "Who will win the NL West?" We both have the Rockies, so that's quick. Nate, beautiful name, asks, "Do you think Kershaw is overrated now due to his declining health and stats?" Uh, you feel pretty strongly about Kershaw, so I'll let you answer this one. Uh, overrated, no, but he very obviously needs to be addressed in a different way. He's no longer the ace, in my opinion. Uh, with the declining health and stats, um, it's you know it's the same scenario that uh, I've been saying for a long time. Walker Bueller is not your guy. Let's just commit to that. But let's not forget. I mean, Kershaw is still one of the you know. The, the greats to play this game. Yeah, so. let's not forget that Clayton Kershaw yeah. is actually good. A bad Clayton Kershaw, or it's even even most. yeah, even a adequate Clayton Kershaw is better than most. Yeah, so I'm not saying that. I'm just saying he's not your ace anymore. But he's not overrated. Uh, Eric asks, what team would you least and most likely want to play for? Can't choose Sox or Yanks. Eric knows us. He knows those would have been our two answers. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say... I think I we have the same least. I bet we have the same least. I don't know, man. I feel like the Rockies just playing out there in cores would be legit. I know. That would be cool, huh? Maybe I'm uh, just biased because that's where I want to visit. But 
I feel like just playing for the Rockies would be playing out in Denver. I mean, I, Padres might be nice too, but then again, I'd have to play with mannequins. So yeah, I like your Rockies answer, but I think I'd probably take. Hmm, this is tough, man. This is tougher than I thought it was gonna be. Least definitely the Rays. I don't want to play for the Rays. I wouldn't mind playing for the Rays if they could figure out somewhere else to play. Just blow the trop up. Dude, they won 90 (laughs) games last year. What's so bad about the Rays? I just don't want to play for that organization, nor does anyone else. Like It's become pretty vocally supported. Here's the thing, though, and I'm not like disagreeing with you. I'm I'm just playing devil's advocate here. What is it about the organization that you don't want to play for? I think the fact that they play in the trop has like completely overshadowed that entire organization. Because anybody, because no. anytime you think of the Rays, it's like, oh, the trop, the trop, the yes, trop. What is it about sure. them that that's, you wouldn't want to play for? That's definitely the answer because of the trop. But the other answer is the fact that even when they're good, they don't go for it. It's so annoying. That's like fair. at least the at least the A's sometimes figure out like, ooh, we might have a chance. Let's go do a couple things, nothing crazy, but we're going to spend a couple dollars. The Rays are like, no, never spend money. <laughs> no. We have 90 wins. Trade Chris Archer. <laughs> like, it's like, well, come on, dude. Like, All right, you convinced me. You convinced me. I'll go with Rays. Like, they never, they never go for it. It's like, you have a good team. You have a good manager. Go for it. Yeah. Uh, I think most likely... Oof, man, I kind of like the warm weather idea, but I think I'd go Cubs. That's that's a fair pick. Yeah, good culture there. Matt asks, if you were a GM, what is your contract offer to Mike Trout? Uh, $400 million. Yeah, I think he's pretty good at baseball, or at least yeah. that's that's what the, the reports are telling me. I'm saying $400 minimum. In terms of years, I don't even know what that looked like. I'd want him on my team as long as possible. That's all I know. Yeah. Again, I'm leading more towards the AAV route versus the overall contract number. So I'm going to say something more like six years or seven years, and he's going to get like 38 a year, maybe 40 a year. That's what I would give him. I feel like you have to go 40 with Mike Trout. Yeah. So 40 a year like six or seven years. I'm cool with that. Solid answer. Well, that wraps us up. Any closing thoughts? Um, Baseball's back, ladies and gents. We are back. We are, we back. are back. And I say that like half-heartedly because we open up in Japan. Oh, and we're, uh, we're BT, back. Dub, BT dubs. Good luck on your, uh, on your fantasy baseball draft. Tomorrow. Oh, true. True story. Yeah. I'm not going to wish you luck because I just want to drive you to the ground this season. So <laughs> you better gear up for uh, 102 by Bregman to take the league by storm. What is your yeah. team name? Did you end up coming up with one? Uh, no, I got to get something creative for tomorrow for sure. You better figure it out. It'd be tough to beat one of, some time on 102 it. by Bregman. But anyway, that's all I got. Time for breakfast. Yeah, early recording here. As always, thanks for tuning in. We'll catch back up with you guys later this week. In the meantime, be sure to subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to it and leave that rating and review. Nate, how many stars? Um, Whatever o'clock it is when first pitch is for opening day in Japan.
No kidding. Do we actually know the time on that? I think it's like 5 a.m., so that makes sense. There you go. We love you all, and as always, we're looking forward to talking more baseball with you guys soon. Until next time, stay filthy. What the f- are you trying to take? You take! Don't tell me you don't see it!